more of a phaser thing. I thought this, this was just Han a gun. Solo's blaster. Would you really recognize Han Solo's blaster just from like keychain alone? Yeah. I didn't. Cause it looks like a really terrible Luger. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's what I was about to say as well. Cause like. I can kind of see where they're going with it, though. Like, they wanted a Luger style, because evidently someone on the design team liked the look of a Luger. But then they have this, like, it looks like a legitimate laser gun where the barrel is extending out. Like, yeah. minus the barrel, it looks like a totally respectable laser gun with a little bit of, like, top heaviness. But now now it just looks like a, like, this looks difficult to conceal. What I don't understand with blasters is, like... You have this giant gun barrel part. Yep. What purpose does it serve because a laser doesn't need rifling? Well, okay, so you can't rotate a laser, but you can make it go fast. <laughs> yeah, the barrel helps push the laser? Yeah, like it just shoves the laser. Okay. If anything, all of my laser guns would look like the dead space laser cutter. Oh, the fact that the... Uh, I'm just rifling through his shit now. Yeah, he's, he's pawing through a bunch of stuff. I like that it's a stress ball. This makes me. This yeah. makes me happy. Not because, not specifically because of the stress <coughs> ball part, but because it's not a plastic thing. It's an actual like malleable. I like it. It is a hearthstone. Like hearthstone. It is a legit hearthstone stress thing. But like, there's no point in me. Yeah, why would you even? Okay, why would you even subject people to that? You don't know what that's gonna sound like. It'll sound like. I, I think it'd sound more like air blowing. I think it, I think it'd sound mostly like. We'll see. We'll see in post. No, I mean I can see it right here with my eyes. Yeah, that's how we hear. Okay. All right. So you can't. All right. If you visualize the way, you don't know exactly how it's gonna like fucking sound, Evan. You can't fucking see sound. You can see the waves of the sound, but you don't know exactly what it's gonna be. Devin, stop. Devin, no. Ow, that actually hurts after a while. Put that down. Man, someone doesn't have very good finger, wrist, like, trust me. It's not, it's not a go distance hand, it's like a one and done sort of situation. <laughs> oh no, I go to distance, like, I've, I've had this around many uh, cylinder-shaped objects in you, my life. You think these are long distance legs? No, these are sprinter's legs. 100 meter, 200 meter dash, anything after that, I am not gonna do it. Um, I don't know specifically how long a 100-meter dash is supposed to last. About 100 meters. I meant time-wise. About 100 meters worth of speed. <laughs> Thanks, Evan! You're welcome. I'm not, I, am, I, I am a physics. I've, I've even lost my fucking, like... I've lost my train of thought now. And that's not very hard. Train of thought, fair. will to live. I mean, alright, I could do with not living right now. I would do with, like, a, a purpose in life currently, but right now I have to make that for myself, and uh, I don't think I don't think I have the will to give up yet. I have to figure out what I need to do in life, uh, measure up between my possibilities and the current time, as opposed to improving myself, and seeing, like, comparing that to what I need to do in my life, and then uh, decide based on that and that alone whether or not I want to commit suicide. We're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. On the suicide or the, the life thing? Yes. Good. Um, <laughs> Speaking of things that make me want to commit suicide, I, 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 like that Gundam stuff, man, that, that is just a... 
That's just a messy mess right now. Again, all right. Uh, Very, like, pre-alpha is pre-alpha. I can respect where they're trying to go with it. Just just to let everyone know on the Potty Podcast, uh, even though the one person that we're going to talk to about... and The one person who will listen to this. The one person it. who listens to this thing knows what we're talking about. But there's a Gundam skirmish game that's sort of like Warhammer, sort of not like Warhammer, uh, that they wanted to make it really authentic. Like, they wanted... Era suits to fight era suits because that's the only way it's balanced, and like that's the only way it's statted. Yeah. Strangely, though, uh, a lot of the weapons are still still the same though, so I don't get that specifically, but that's fine. I suppose ammo would better whatever. Just that overthoughts, but currently how it's set up is effectively you take your gunpla model, which is essentially just a little Gundam suit. That you build yourself, like it's a it's a modeling hobby, One, and then if you want to, you can go like I, I would say it's more you can go into the game first and just borrow a model as opposed to just like building a model specifically for the game. I mean, as long as you have a picture of the model, you can just use like fucking cards, roughly. Also that, but uh, you you can you can jerry rig it. It's just f- more fun with the model. One one forty fourth. Yeah. Size. Well, one yeah one forty fourth. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, effectively, all it is is, like, an XCOM-style board game with your 144 model-scale giant robots. And yep. it's, it's in concept, it's fun. In concept, they really should have been something <coughs> like this before. In yep. that, like, you, you already have the niche, like, Warhammer market, but then you have these people that, like, enjoy painting and building Gundams just in general. And, like, there's nothing to do with them besides display them and, like, do that. Which is which is kind of the point of the hobby. But a lot of people, yeah. I feel, would have a lot of fun with it. The only reason, like, I don't have Gundams despite liking Gundams. And the only reason I'm getting one is because I can practically use it. Like, there's a lot of stuff. Like, there, if, if you were to walk into this room, there's, like, no ornaments at all. The calendar's not even on the right date. That horse painting's sitting there because Tyler needs to come home. Um. That's it. Hmm. That's it. So I don't really like. I never had a purpose to get Gundams. I don't even. Well, I have shelves to kind of put it on, but I just don't care because I have nothing really to show or care to show. I like it as like okay, <coughs> I I have a lot of Gundam models mainly because uh, a friend a friend of ours uh, kind of put me into it. But like after after the first one, I kind of got why this was so like cathartic and nice, and that you can sit down. You can sit down for about three to seven plus hours, depending on what model you get, um, for like 15 bucks, and just sit down and make a fucking model of a thing. And then afterwards, you can take any other, like, it's 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 a time sink thing. Yeah. I thought it was a money sink, because a lot of the higher end models are, like, really expensive, but the money, the time that you get is (coughs) very efficient. Um, And if you're into that, you'll be cathartic in the whole, like, little detailing, like, I'm never the one, like, a stickler for details. I like to get things done, um, judging by the, the magic decks fiasco that I keep having. Yeah. Um, in that all oh, my cards are upside down, but the purpose of, for, like, as, as a personal thing, the purpose for shuffling and sleeving the deck is not specifically so that it looks neat. It's so that it's protected and it's randomized. Yeah. So, like, I don't care what orientation they're in. Because I personally can't tell. Like, if I was cheating and being meticulous about it, I'd make sure certain cards were upside down. Yeah, you can get call on that in competitive REL. Yeah, uh, I, I straightened them up because I thought that was a content, like a contention thing. Yeah. It's like uh, all your if you have some double sleeve cards and some not, that is also a disqualification as REL. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean... So they're very particular on that. The double sleeping... That's that's kind of why... Like, normally I don't really... Like, the only reason I give a fuck about your orientation of cards is because, like, I I still have competitive Ariel on the brain, and I would rather not, like... I'd rather play to the highest level of judging, that way I can't get called for fucking up when I get to play those tournaments. So when I see it above. Yeah. I, I tend to... I mean, it's stepping away from the Gundam thing, but of course. Um, we don't sidetrack at all. I mean, alright, the overall... What even is a tangent? We have an arc of an episode. We want to talk about this fucking RPG, but we'll, we'll, we'll shove in tangents here and there. Yeah. Alright, so... My competitive mindset, especially for Magic, for some reason, like, I don't... It's not that I don't take it seriously. I, I, I like the probability of the game. I like thinking about stuff. Uh, even though the deck, like, my deck is three-turn win, I have to decide when I can, like, essentially ball out. Like, sometimes I have to delay a turn because they have a Coco, for example, and I need to see, like, are they going to tap out? If they don't tap out, they're not doing anything. So I need to, like, uh, effectively, I need to wait on them in order to do anything. Like, if they have three mana open, fair enough, I'll just fucking go in. If they have four mana open and they're a Coco deck, I know there's Coco's coming, I know there's a Coco in it, I have to do my... Darndest not to get them the four mana. Or wait, because, like... And even waiting is still a shit show. I just get more value out of my creatures if they just sit there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way. Uh, I, I don't take the atmosphere seriously. I take the game seriously, I don't take the atmosphere. Because I think part of my problem is if I actually think there's stakes on the thing, and, like, if I try hard... I get more nervous, and I, uh, I I tend to like fuck up a few things by overthinking. Um, that's that's just my personal status. It's also kind of an excuse as to why like sometimes I don't do well on, on certain like games and situations. And that uh, if there's a lot of pressure, I just go like, nah. There's chances are there's no one going to be there, and then like have to react. I'm more reactionary, which I'll, in a lot of situations is <coughs> you drop the thing, didn't you? I dropped the thing. The thing uh, dropped. Which in, in a lot of situations, especially in like a game like Magic the Gathering where you need to be kind of proactive and think about what your opponent is doing, especially I've, game I've, two. I've picked up the thing. Continue. Yeah, good job. So yeah, no, that's, that's, that's generally my attitude. I don't want to take it too seriously because I get nervous and I overthink, and at the same time, I um, I mean, I, I, I aim to have fun and win. Yeah, I mean, it's there, there's a balance to it. I I think there's more... I think it's healthier to put your serious attitude in situations in short bursts as opposed to taking the entire thing yeah. seriously. Because if you step out of the chair, like, after that game, win or lose, and you're being serious, you're still going to be in a sour mood. And I, I, I think that degrades you a bit. Yeah. Like, I, I think that'll be like, yeah, there's more pressure to win now as opposed to you can get up, you can chat with your people, you can even, like, re- like review a few details about your deck and, like, take, take, the, like, take the atmosphere lightly, effectively. It all depends, too, on your opponent for that stuff because, like... FNM, two people, two people were fucking like livid with how the games went. See, that makes me very happy. Oh yeah, no, I don't care. Like, makes like, I I've been angry, but not really at the opponent. It's mostly because I get screwed on drawing too many land or too little land or something like that. Um, I or I'm against you and it's fucking helpless unless I have a blessed alliance. Or that yeah, you roll second. Yeah, essentially. Um, but FNM. We'll get back to the Gundam thing, I swear. <laughs> um, 
We get the magic talk. We like the talk magic. It's just, well, I mean, like, things that happened this week as far as magic goes. Like, round one, I lose to a deck that I'm good against, but then I win against two decks that I'm bad against. So it was a weird, it was a weird night in general. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, round two, I'm faced against Mono Black Zombies. And I was like, all right, cool. He, I, he was too slow out of the gate on the first round, and I ended up getting, like, Angel turn four or five or something like that just stabilize and have a six six lifelink blocker so he couldn't fucking do anything about it and uh, beat his face down beat his face down he's like yeah all right cool whatever oh no i cataclysm gear hulked a lot until i got the angel online that's right because i kept controlling his shit yeah and then uh game two he transgressed the mind which he looks at my hand takes a card out of it that's mana cost three or more um and it exiles instead it goes to the graveyard which is important for my deck because things need to go to the graveyard so he gets rid of my Godfarer's Gift, goes to the exile. However, before that I milled myself three, the first thing on top was the Godfarer's Gift. And I had one refurbish in hand in order to get it back from the graveyard to the field. And then he transgressed the mines next turn after I drew another refurbish. So I had two refurbish in hand, he exiles one, I, I untap, play land, refurbish, get Godfarer's Gift, swing angel, gets pissed off. I and, mean... and then, Ooh. next turn, I mill myself three, land, land, another angel. <laughs> He was not happy. That's that's when he started getting like, he was pissed off at first because like, oh, I fucking transgressed the wrong thing. No, I picked the wrong thing in your hand, and then I drew a refurbish. It's like, of course, of course, you have another refurbish. Of course, I'm like, yeah, all right. What do I draw next turn? But another refurbish too. Here's the thing about like that guy is if he was angry, like I understand getting angry about the angel specific, like specifically because at that point it would be a seven seven angel. Yeah. Uh, but, like, any draw would be bad for him. Like, even if you draw a champion of wits, draw four, chances are you're going to hit another thing you need and discard it. It's it's almost as if my deck is a self-mail deck and I'm going to hit my targets eventually. It's almost like your targets are almost always value, so either way you're getting something. Yep. I don't know. Like, I, I understand why people get salty like that. Like, it's 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 not... I, I'm not a stranger to it. Yep. But at the same time, it's just, like... It's just so satisfying to see these people, like, get angry. Because they evidently don't understand, like, how decks work, and they evidently uh, play the deck they're playing only because they know it wins. Yeah, and the uh, the guy playing Ramen Up Red uh, abraded a creature instead of the Godfarer's Gift, so it's like, cool, untap, refurb Godfarer's Gift, get Angel, swing Angel, win game, GG. Why, though? I don't know. And then he got right pissed off, and then game two, he sided in a bunch of, like, more braids and stuff, and I was like, all right, cool, bring in all the counter magic. <clears throat> How many braids did you actually counter that game? Two. Ah, uh, see, that's... And uh, and I swung the... He, he swung in with a glory bringer. I was down, like, two health, and then I just untap, get, a, get the thing out, counter is a braid... Angel swing six have a blocker for the glory bringer. See that's the uh, that's the best part as well in that a lot of people I think a lot of players don't think about that if they're either essentially playing a deck that they know will win because they hear it's popular or haven't played enough in that they see the line they have to make but they also don't consider the lines you also make like it's it's totally a one sided thing like at least with uh, with 8-Wag, eight 8-Tree, eight I've come to the point where I kind of have to think about these things. Like, what are the odds that he's going to have the exact counter to the thing I, I pull out? Or is it worth it to even pull out my sideboard tech at all? Uh, like, for example, Molten Rain uh, against the Land Destruction deck. Yeah, that was, that was weird. very lucky. But what I noticed is that he tends to keep 
like if if he doesn't draw anyone, of course, he tends to have kept the two land sources, um, like the two two red sources, and then just ramp out with like green sources with with duels. Oh and yeah, basic the, the Ponza thing is supposed to be like stomping ground, arbor elf, enchant the stomping ground. Yeah. So like <coughs> I was I was molten raining so that he can't enchant his shit. Yeah. Uh, so when he enchants it, I'm like, sweet, you may have had that mana for that turn, but I'm going to kill it, and there you're at a, not a strict disadvantage, but you're still at a disadvantage. I still have to spend three mana to kill it, but you do those two, and that's closer to my to my game plan. But, like, it just so happened that I was lucky enough for him to <coughs> only draw the one red source and kill it. Yep, and he had two angers in hand. Yeah, no, I, I was clawing for a, uh, for a win there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I had to think about that stuff, like... I knew angers were coming, so I needed to get rid of red sources, so, like, I saw only two red sources my entire fucking game there, so I'm like, sweet. He also had an enchanted land, so I thought, Molten Reigns, why not? And then, what else did I board there? I think I boarded, like, I think I boarded Dismembers. No, not Dismembers. Something else. I honestly can't remember. It's it's it's, it's actually a while ago, but, Good like, stuff. there's there's another thing. Oh, no! Uh, it wasn't Blood Moon. Why would I board a Blood Moon? Never mind. Never mind. My my tangents my tangents fail. Either way, I have to think about what they're doing and what I'm doing and what like weigh weigh risks. Whereas I think a lot of people are like, I see artifact, I board in artifact hate. It's true. Yeah. Um, Sir Gundam. All right. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know specifically what point <laughs> we we lost the Gundam plot, but effectively the game is designed as a Warhammer like as, as a strategy game. That is as authentic as you can be. I.e., like every, this... everything has its own thing written out. Yeah, which so, is cool. And in most regards, here's the thing: Gundam. I think if you're willing to go by the models and willing to play this game, is a very niche market still. Yeah. So I understand completely why they did why why they standed things the way they are. In my opinion, I think it's quite neat that you there's a strategy game out there. Much like Warhammer, but I also disagree with this in Warhammer because it's just like it's very intrusive to someone wanting to jump into the game. Like for example, if I wanted to jump into <coughs> orcs, not only do like I, I I get the faction system, like they want to keep it authentic and actually have a purpose for some of the games. Like oh hey, I want to run a store wide tourney, or I want to run a, like run a thing in which this faction goes against this faction. Yeah. Um, so you have to choose one faction, and you have to have colors and paint like that. Like, it doesn't have to be good, you just have to, like, represent your colors just so yeah. that we know you're you're on the level. And I'm like, sweet, whatever. Like, the factions have a purpose. Cool. But the way Gundam does it, or at least the, the skirmish game that we're, we're looking to playing, um, does the individual units very, very, very specifically, in that they have three tiers of, like... The only thing I've seen, by the way, are three tiers of armor for eras, so, like, everything else is kind of universal, which is why it confuses me at first, why they yep. just have a, like, tier system. Well, like, they, they get so specific in a lot of cases, except for the vitally important ones. Um, like, the, like the armor thing. They get so specific in, like, Hardened, or Gundanium, or whatever, like, Gundanium Gamma, Gundanium Alpha, Gundanium stuff. Yeah. But the one I'm looking at uses foaming armor, which is not in the rules anywhere until you found something that somebody said, yeah, we just use it like this. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, if, like, I, I, the, the ashtray, I think, is, like, the protagonist units of gun like, the, the series of Gundams in Seed, so, like... Apparently, according to the wiki as well, foaming armor is as brittle as it comes in that era. So, like, 
I mean, it, it just doesn't really make sense that they would omit an entire arc or an entire era of armor. So how it does it is effectively all all of the Gundams, or at least all the like mainstream and Gundams that they released for kits, uh, all have individual like not stats, but they have specifications. Yeah. They have like top speed, for example, which was also a thing that the Astray was lacking. Oh it's like an exact top speed, so that all the people in the forums are like found it seven seven. Um, well, seven seven inches specifically for yeah. some reason, um, and then and then I come to find out, yeah, that's his dash speed, not his actual walk speed, because that wasn't specific in any of the things I read either. I mean, all right, uh, it, the movement. If you had the actual like kilometers, actually had like formulas, and I was like, all right, so that figures out your dash speed, and then you just half it for your movement speed for your quick actions. But like, for example. Arrow 1 has a list of, like, armors from 1 grade to the maximum grade, which I think is 5. Um, and, like, for example, I have a model that has rank 2 in that specific era, but you've got the Astray, which has rank 6, or rank 1, rather, in the further era, but we don't actually know how that compares to each other. Yeah. So, like, it's not generalized at all. For example, if I have one era Gundam and one of the era, like... And Devin has it like in the exact example. I have one era Gundam. Devin has the second era of Gundam, um, just in the whole entire like timeline series of the entire series of of, of well, Gundam, obviously. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> however, the further era of Gundam has more advanced like technology and stuff. Like um, I don't know when Psychozakus became a thing, but I'd imagine that wasn't really thought of back then in the first era. No, probably not. So if you step up to the second era, how does like a Psychozaku like? Well, not specifically a Psycho Zaku, but like a Psycho... How do the Zakus from that era compare to the original Zakus? Yeah, essentially that. Like, Can these Zakus just fist fight the other one to death and not take any damage? Like, yeah, like, and it, it, it's so confusing. Like, it has, like, listings as well. Like, oh, if your thing has Super Steel, or if your thing has, like, Reinforced Super Steel, it's, like, the other rank. And then down below, you have, oh, Super Steel and Reinforced Super Steel are, like, the first one. But then there's a whole entire other listing. And then there's a third era that doesn't even mention Super Steel. So how do you compare that with that? Like, I don't even think Super Steel's in my era. Yeah. So, like, there's there's so many... Um, there's so many little variables that aren't really thought of, especially, like... I, again, I get it. They want it to be as authentic as possible. They want one type of era to fight one type of era, which totally makes sense. Yeah. And that the technology is just too great of a difference in storyline. But if you want to, like, just get a pickup group going... There's a whole lot of nuance you have to, like, apply to it. You're going like, to have to make a lot of, like, sacrifices for this authenticity in order to have it be enjoyable for everybody to play. Like, I picked the ashtray because we wanted a mid-range sort of guy that can get in close, get away, and shoot stuff, fine. But my favorite mech of all time is the Death Scythe. But Ryan's art, you kind of go in the whole close-range thing. Death Scythe is the Gundam Wing era, which is, like, three or four arrows back from the ashtray. So... Which one do I pick to work with our team? I just here's the thing. Like I, I, again, I will I will defend the practice in that they want like it's a it's a niche thing to want that it's yeah. a niche thing to want a battle simulator that's accurate and that's that's completely fine. But at the same time, like it it definitely wasn't made for a general audience. No, and that's kind of what I want to work on is actually take what they have from Skirmish and kind of adapt it into something where my mechs can play with a different era mech and have everything kind of make sense. Because, like, I, I love game design. 
Yeah. Like, I fucking love game design. Like, the, the D&D thing that I have, I would finish if we were actually playing D&D actively, because I still have the ideas rattling around in my head, and I have no time, or no, nothing but free time at work that I can just write the shit down. But I think I think probably when I get to work tomorrow, I'm going to make a Google Doc and just start fucking going, yeah. and I'll invite you to it. But um, I, I want to redesign it. I want to make it make sense, because... Ryan's going to want something a little bit simpler and easier. You fucking remember him trying to make a D&D character. Well, here's the thing. It's not about... I think if you had the, like... If, if you had the ability to look up the fucking rule handbook that they made, you would have the cognitive ability to say, all right, so it lists armor here. I'm going to look at my thing on the wiki. And that step I don't disagree with. I, I like... Again, if you want to go that route, or if you want something specific, I would say, yeah... If you want to prove why this mech has this thing, you look it up on the wiki and say, oh, in this era it had, like, for example, just throwing it out of the blue there, oh, in this era, some Zaku were prototypes, so I'm not going to have my shield, but instead I'm going to have, like, a, a wrist-mounted shield. It's like, sweet, that's your excuse, that's, yeah. the way, that's what the wiki says. But it's not represented at all in the game. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, for something like that where, um, if... So you have the Zaku, yep. and then you have a prototype Zaku. So you could logically have the... You, you could wield a shield, like, logically, like, in that era. Oh, as well. Like, what about... In, in, uh, in any era, you can... Yeah, you can just wield a shield. Like, there's no room for speciality. Like, there's no room for individual character, effectively. Like, yeah. I think what it wants you to do is you want... It, like, the game wants you to buy mechs... Uh, and you guys have, like, buy, buy mechs for the enemy team, you buy mechs for your team, and your team are, like, uh, bo ideally both of those teams are, like, um, are, pro like, protagonists, like, yeah. mechs. Which I think is why the entire system was designed around it, and then, like, the grunt suits were the Zaku mechs, which is why they're, like, so simple and streamlined. Like, for the Zaku, it was the simplest thing. It was evidently thought with that type of mindset in mind, and that <coughs> protagonist mechs at the time um, were very simple to stat because, like, every everyone would be like, "Oh, what kind of Gundanium armor does he have?" And like, that's all written down somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then like Zaku's are like very popular, so of course they'd be statted out. But I don't think you could get like more accurate information for something like a Gray's and Iron Blooded Orphans or something, mostly because I interest in Yeah. Effectively it was more thought out for the previous eras and then new eras came, I think. I don't know. But the only like I've I've read a lot of like skirmish breakdowns and stuff and a lot of people are using the Barbados, which is Iron Blooded Orphans main okay. mech, isn't it? I suppose. Mace wielding fucko. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Well, but like, like it just like where where you mentioned like that everybody wants to be the protagonist sort of thing with your Zaku's like they're not gonna be as equipped generally as a protagonist so like I'm kind of fine with that to be honest I kind of oh. like I again I'm also the type of person that I like I, I I like seeing what I can do with the mech that I have or with the units I have and I don't really care about how special they are I just really want them to like participate because I I honestly think for that game it's more player ability to like see. Uh, because the way the game is balanced, unless you have a dude with, like, plus five armor, a Zaku can still one-on-one -on -one them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what I was, like, what I was thinking, like, in D&D, in you have your, your classes, but then you have, like, your subclasses in your classes, right? Like, yep. you can, you could be a paladin, but you could be a sun paladin, while this person's, like, an anti-paladin and stuff, right? I'm thinking, when we build it out, 
we have eras are kind of like the class. And then your mech is kind of like your subclass of that. So although like the first era would not have like beam diffuse cloaks or anything like that, it would probably have some sort of thing to mm. be able to combat beams or whatnot. But a newer era thing, like say you have the newest era Zaku, right? Mm. They probably aren't equipped with beam diffusal things. They probably aren't equipped with this like, because they're all just grunt mechs that are meant to go into battle and explode and die. Mm. However, if you are a pilot of sound body and mind, you have a Zaku that you can work on in your giant space shop at all times, you would probably be like, well, I want my Zaku to survive any battle, so I want to purchase and equip it with this beam diffusal thing. So that's where I think like each era has its own box yep. that we need to balance against the other eras, and where your grunt-type mechs, or any sort of grunt-type mechs, you should be able to point by things that are aero-specific in order to tailor your Zaku to actually be combat-ready. Because you're you got a giant fucking gun, yep. but I think if somebody looks at you wrong, you might explode. I think it would work in a PvE setting, but the game is meant for PvP, and that's my problem. Well, yeah, that's well, that's where the point-buy system comes in, right? If everybody point-buys up to the max, they should be equal in PvP, you would think. Here's the... Okay, so... That's that's problem where like that's where the game design problem comes in, is trying to balance these boxes of arrows to fight well against each other. I think that we shouldn't treat it... Alright, so... I think that every rule with the error... Like the, the, all, all the current rules can still be the same, uh, in my opinion. But in order for it to be a general public thing, it needs to be more generalized. So what I think... Uh, instead of treating this like a simulation game of what happens, say, when the Zeon Empire goes to fight the other Empire in this era, and, like, you choose which side you want to represent. So you have Zach, who is on one side uh, of this specific era, and then the other, like, the other guys have to have this specific era that the Zeons are in right now. Um, or, like, something like that. Like, instead of matching era to era suits, uh, I think we should generalize that in... With, like we should treat it like an alternate universe in which, yeah, um, for some reason, Zaku in the first era, like Zaku ones, decide, like are are rolling up and then they find a fucking Barbados from Iron Blooded Orphans and they're like, well that's a protag mech so it's evidently going to be stronger than our grunt suits but in this extended universe they don't know that so they're like that's a neat mech let's go fight him and for some reason, uh. If the Barbados has tier three armor, it should be the same tier three armor that the Zaku era ones, like the Zaku one era yeah. tier three armor. Like generalization, I think would go a long way in this. Yeah, smoothing everything over to make everybody kind of like start off on a better equal footing is probably key. Yeah, the era, the the era system I like, but only as a niche thing. Like if yeah. you want to, if you want a complete simulation of how that would go, uh, I think that would be an alternate role. Like oh. So if you want to do like strictly era one mechs or strictly era two mechs, here's how you would balance it. But if you want a more gen like more general gameplay where say someone sees you playing the game and they're like, Oh, I wanna join in. How does my like what do I have to do to join in? Instead of like explaining the era system and like, oh, we're playing era one mechs, you have to buy yeah, an era one mech. Like that's really It's just a general like, oh, your armor is like Gundanium Beta. Oh, it's tier four on our list. Yeah, Sweet, exactly. you have very good armor. Yeah. And then Meanwhile I have foaming armor, which doesn't exist in your era, but it's like a low tier armor, which is fine because it has a value associated to it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. 
Um, as well, I don't know. There's 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 a lot of information we have. Like we have. Yeah, to... I think when I said the era stuff, you might have misconstrued it a little. Just because yeah. I want like every era to be separate but equal. I think that way era newest can fight era oldest and then it would still be a very interesting one-on-one battle i think okay here's 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 the gym gym um i'm currently just running a few situations in my mind i think in order to generalize like generalization is key in that we need to say, all right, so if the wiki or whatever your Gundam mech like, describes something as fast, like the Astray has fast attachments and like shit, yeah. fast should be one flat value just so that no one's specifically too fast. And then if it has a specific value, you go down the formula and go, oh, so like you can move like six units because that's yeah, your top speed. Yeah. And then like if something says it's like very slow, that's that's like a minimum and max speed, but something always like... yeah. Um, always, always thinking about it as a base model. Like you always build on the base model, and then you add stuff with either point buy or like equipment, like yeah. slots. Um, I think equipment should be dealt out in this specific thing because about how we're treating it, not a simulation, more so of a alternate universe who fights who type of thing. Yeah. Uh, equipment should not be relegated to your kit. If you have the equipment to equip to your Gundam from your kit that's fine, but you should be able to cannibalize other kits to be like, oh, so with my... Like, that's also with the point-buy system, which is also the point of the point-buy system that they introduce, in that the relative power of your mech, or at least the relative power of all the mechs, like the, all the mechs that I've built, besides the big gun, which is uh, kind of an extraordinary kit anyway, um, should be of like around... So when I when I priced out my my Zaku like my very like like the the, the small basic Zaku two that I have it came up to like two hundred and five points. Okay. Which is essentially all the armor, all the base stats <coughs> added up, plus the weapons that I had. I feel like, uh, you should. I, I feel like our system should incorporate. Okay, so your base kit without changing anything, uh, without equipping anything, has these things. You have X armor, X uh. Weapons. X well, maybe not weapons. X armor, X health, X speed, and then that's your initial point value. Okay. And then you have your a weapons. certain budget to go up to in order to purchase weapons that yep. you may also have with the kit, or the purchase components that you may also have. So that way, no <laughs> unit is specifically saying, "Okay, so not only do I have fucking particle cannons, but I also can fly." So good yeah, luck. Yeah, to balance that shit. Yeah. So like. Logically speaking, like, again, going with the basic grunt unit of Zaku, if you're a crazy space trillionaire tycoon, you should be able to buy enough things to make that Zaku fuck up a protagonist mech, or at least go toe-to-toe with it. I th- yeah, like, I, I, think, I think the base armor should be respected, but, like, if you, have, if you have the parts to equip a Zaku with a shield that covers his entire body, you shouldn't really deny that. Yeah. Uh, or if you have, like... If you have the aptitude to modify it so it can fly, like, yeah, that's a little crazy, but your point buy, like, it'll put a lot of strain on the armor in the universe, yeah. so, like, <clears throat> the point buy is kind of worth it. And also, you're using, like, oh, you use, your propulsion needs energy. Where is the energy coming from? Your mech. All right, cool. Well, you can't use fucking, like, giant beam weapons, because that's also taking from your energy. It so, also so. makes it so that certain mechs that come with these things naturally are also naturally high point value. <clears throat> yeah. So you would have, like, you have to spend very little. Like, for example, the Death Scythe has wings. I don't know specifically what they're for. 
Um, if they can fly. I think, like, the hell custom one I want can fly, I think. Yeah, so that'll be an expensive mech out of the box, and then you yep. add the weapons to it. Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't really have much weapons, but even then, if I wanted a gun on it, that's going to be, like, I can probably maybe take a pistol. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense, considering, like, the de- like the melee weapons in this game are devastating. Yeah. Um, Mine comes with a legit samurai sword. And as well, the fucking flying <coughs> makes it very maneuverable. Like, you can essentially ignore obstacles, which yep. is very big in this game. But you're also going to get shut down a little bit, which also kind of makes sense for a protect mech. I mean, if you're a hero, you blow yourself up like 50 times in the first couple hours, anyway. And that's just, and, that, and that's really, like, really rich just describing character creation, and that we're having trouble with that stepping stone. Everything else I like about the system, everything else, there's like a few things can be changed, obviously, but yeah, I like the fact, like, I like the turn system. I like the turns. I like the combat. I like the dice for it. Like all that works. It's just getting to that point is the biggest hurdle. I mean, D and D. Like okay, all right. So role playing things are complicated to get started, but yeah. after you kind of get comfortable with it, whatever. Yeah. Uh, like for example, the longest part of any D and D campaign ever is making your character. Yep. For the first time, the second time you're like, all right, I know what the party needs, I know it'll work, or I want to think about my my character now that I know how to build it. Yeah. And now that I know how the flow of the game is going to go, but like. Everything else is, like, kind of second nature after that. Like, oh, I know I can throw fireballs. Or in the case of, like, Chris, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> I didn't know I could throw fireballs for free. Fucking asshole. But, like, the point is, is, like, that, that, that character creation, although long, needs to be generalized, like, general and, well, general and simple. Yeah. Whereas this one, like, again, there's really no avoiding the system of looking it up. On the wiki, or if you want to say, if you don't know what your armor is, it's a flat three, unless otherwise specified. Yeah. Like, it it, it feels like a worse 3.5, where there's so many things you can do and be because it expanded so many times. Yeah. And this is your first character you make, and you have to make a 3.5 character, versus, like, I, I want to make a 4 or 5th edition D&D character where people can still play it yeah. properly. And then there's the, like... I don't know, uh, with with our point-by system as well, and, like, with our <coughs> editing the model, uh, there's also a, a issue in which, all right, so what happens if you paste death, like, death, death, death scythe wings on a Zaku? <laughs> yeah, well, like, the wings would be a flight system of some sort, probably. I suppose, and then we but... Go through our... I mean, yeah. The, the, effectively, we want a base value depending on what comes in your kit so that you always feel like you know what you're getting when you buy a kit. Like, yeah. oh, that looks like it could fly. I looked it up. It can fly. I know that this unit has this base ability. Uh, and then I can point by to do something else, like point by a grappling hook so that, for example, if you get shut out of the air, you can still uh, evade cover or something. Yeah. I think that's more of a way. So I'm actually thinking about like an action action type of scene in which you grappling hook and then you like use that as your movement as opposed to just floating around so you can get to a cover faster. Yeah. But I don't know. That's 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 for the future. That's balancing. But um You you want all your custom things that you can buy statted out to an extent that you like, should you should build up to the table as opposed to uh like for example, if you do with the current system now and you buy something with heavy armor and you're expected to like roll up to a random table uh, there is no point by system in which, say I'm playing a Zaku, my 205 score Zaku might go up against a 400 scoring dude 
that came with a like a fucking super kitted out mech. Like it can fly. Like uh, I had an example on hand. Um, like the fucking hold on. You got this. There's a mech with two fucking giant Vulcan cannons on its shoulders, and it has an ability that it can stay put to get the maximum like the maximum value of of your like uh maximum value of your armor and health. But you can't move. You can rotate, but you can't move. So like something like that, the Zaku will have a lot of trouble going up against, considering like those flat cannons have volley and like can shoot over cover and shit. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you could have that, but there's no buying up for me if I go up against a 400 unit, for example. Yeah. So, like, I feel like having a baseline where you buy the model out, and that model has a specific value that you can buy up towards is, is fine. Yeah, I think in that case, as far as making, like, where we should set our point by base, we should find, like, the craziest out-of-box kit, yep. stat that, and then figure out where others lie compared to it like if you look at the heavy arms mech with all of its like additional components that thing is like five or like ten missile pods on it two gatling guns in the chest two double barrel gatling guns on both arms more rocket pods on the legs like that's an insane amount of armaments so your weapon point by would be insane right out of the box uh yeah uh, I, I think that'll be fine. Um, again, it's very delicate balancing it because, like, higher end... Okay. It really depends on how what the atmosphere we want because people are going to want to buy lower-level kits so they can customize it more. Yeah. So people are going to be disincentivized to buying high-level kits. But we don't want to also, like, disclude the people that are buying high-level kits. Yeah, it's... you got to find that balance again, right? Unless, like... And, and we don't need to generalize it too, too much. Like... I, evidently, it has to be a guideline where, all right, so it's recommended that on this list you reach at least 400, and if you're over 400, mention it to your opponent or something. Or if you want to do it like a role play style game, whereas you know, essentially you're playing D&D but with Gundams, or like you're running a campaign in which you have hero mechs that want to level up. Yeah. Like that. that I feel like the point by system has has a lot of has a lot of merit, and like there's also a level up system as well that kind of fixes a lot of the problems. Yeah, I don't know how I feel too right off the bat for the level up system. I'll have to think about that for PvP. I mean, all right, PvP no level up system. PvP will just be strictly all right. So we'll first agree upon a point system, like how what what are the maximum amount of points you have? I guess treat it like. D and or the, the World of Warcraft does for like the arena tournaments and stuff. Everybody goes to a flat item level. Yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. Um, like evidently, if you want to balance it for PvP, it's not that simple. Considering like certain combinations are always going to be better for the point buy, but like I think, I think we should have a special rule on which if it's not on your Mac, you can't like if if for example, if you want to do PvP, it has to be the base value. And whatever equipment you can carry, yep. Um, as the absolute most fair thing you can do for pe- like player versus player, and then for the role play stuff, whatever you can fit on that fucking mech, you can. Yeah, no do. point by system for PV. Just fucking just jam shit on there. And I, think, I think as you go, like think, level up and yeah. add stuff. I think honestly that'll be fine. Like it also makes it so that PVP is more of a not a, it's more of a strategy game as opposed to a numbers game now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like. I don't know, it could just be exactly like Warhammer in which one team has these amount of points or one team has like, for example if the enemy team has a 400 point mech and you have two 
Oh, theoretically, if you have two 200 point mechs, then you should be able to, well, not win, but you should be able to be really, really yeah, good. Yeah, it should position. be a fight. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I like that. I, I like that idea in that a flat point system agreed upon beforehand by the players in a PvP or just having the mech. Uh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I think if. Uh, I think maybe like tiers of rules where it's like low tier, mid tier, high tier, like 400, 600, 800, something like that, where people can kind of customize. And it's kind of like standard legacy, yeah. modern, figure out where you want to play, where you're comfortable, where you're happy, and go from there. Well, the contradiction between this game and like what the actual hobby wants you to do is that what you like for example for me i like building the mechs i don't really want to cannibalize any other mechs unless i have a really really great idea yeah um but like it's all about like customizing like for example i personally don't like the zaku bazookas yeah i find them kind of piddly but like i do like some like uh, other option of like uh what is the one uh, there's like I, I, I like more Gatling gun type of things. Like I like uh, the like suppressing the fire type of things because I think they're mechs. I think that's what they would do for the heroes. Yeah. Or like I think that's what they do. So they have their rifles, and I kind of want to get like little mini guns that don't come on Zaku just because. So like I should be able to bring a mini gun into battle. I don't know. I like. No, no. There's, yeah, there's, a, lot, there. there's a lot of ideas flying around in my mind, and I kind of get why they want to be as like. As not as piddly as possible. Like you come in with the mech that you buy out of a kit, and that's it. I kind of respect that system, but again, other mechs are just inherently a lot, a lot better. Yeah. And there's no regulation for it as well. There's no generalization. So like, if he gets an era three mech and I have an era one mech, and we just didn't know, uh, he would be more inherently like super powerful. And if we generalize that. It's, he's still going to be more powerful. It's just going to be, uh, like, in re- like you, you get to see how powerful in relativity as opposed to just guessing. Yeah. Um, other than that, other, other than that, I think we should play it just to see how the current system works. Like, evidently, yeah. we are going to automatically need to have that general armor system. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, there's absolutely no way of knowing if we do go into PvE or PvP. Uh, what what what's going on there? So yeah, it's gonna be like they they have a semi armor system on there. Like I, I'm definitely going to take a lot of what they have and just well, I mean, like any f- real great Gundam or like Master Grade or something like that, it comes on a skeleton, right? So I'm just gonna pick pieces off until I'm happy mm-hmm. and put pieces back on. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, with, with the. Evidently, we need more time to think about it, but, yeah. like, I, I think the system would be better. I mean, I just thought yesterday, like, you know what, I want to rebuild this, so. Yeah. Right, the, the system is good, but I think the system can be better, and that's that's where the potential comes in. I think the system, is, like, the system can say, I, 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 I like you fighting with whatever you come out of the box with. Like, that's that's perfectly fine, but we also need a generalization to make that process easier. Yeah. Um, like, oh, I have on this entire big scale tier 3 armor, which compares to your guys' tier 4 armor. Like, oh, good job, yeah. As opposed to, oh, I have tier 3 armor on the first era, and you have tier 4 armor on the second era, so what does that mean? Yeah. And another thing, too, is I want nobody to think, like, oh, well, I bought this mech out of the, like, bought this kit, threw it together, I can't play because I don't have these things because other people have these things. Like, I, I... still want to be able to find a way to make it where like you can pop out you can play just like i 
I want people to differentiate between their show figures, yeah, where they have a bunch of fucking sweet ass attachments, and their actual like gameplay figures, because you have to make that distinction right off the bat. I mean, PVE. If if we want to do like a role playing system, their show figures will become yeah. The show figures for PVE is perfectly fine. But like PVP, I feel like uh, PVP needs to be as vanilla as possible, but also like. Uh, PV- PvP would have to be vanilla. Like that's there's there's really no other way to like balance it out. Well, that's where I think like the different like point values kind of come into play. Like, and like, the box is the low yeah. tier. Um, a couple attachments is the mid tier, and then the high tier is like whatever you fucking deform this goddamn thing into. Kind of like uh, again inducement system like what Bubble has. Like if you're fighting against a team with a <coughs> higher team value, you get uh, X amount of budget to spend. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, the thing is, like, the budget is the point by, and the points are things that you might not physically have or not be able to equip on your mech or something. Yeah, it's a problem. I don't know. That, like, Again, evidently, evidently, a lot of the PvP and interaction would have to be uh, agreed amongst players. Like, yeah. oh, hey, I only have a base level Zaku. Can you just, like, step it down a little bit? And, like, well, yeah. Uh, I think people should be able to be like, all right, cool. I'll drop my, like, shield off or something like that, and we'll be roughly equal. Let's fight it then. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, effectively, all we need to do is uh, generalize the rules, make rules uh, more clear as to what's happening and how to measure, like, that sort of power for PvP. Yeah. Because you don't want, like, a... a like, you don't want a fun system in which we want a campaign run amongst, this, like, an X amount of group of players. And... Or even, like, two players playing that want to do a campaign system in which, all right, so your goal is to go from the bottom continent to the top continent, and I'm going to try to stop you with my mechs. Yeah. Uh, you don't want, like... You don't want a system in which, okay, so this guy's group has... Uh, th- this guy's group has, like, 200, uh, like, TV worth of units. This guy has 200 TV worth of units. This guy has 200 TV on his fucking own. Yeah. And, like, it's fighting against other, like, 200 TV... So, like, we don't want one person to be, like, not one person, but, like, one type of unit to be more inherently powerful and therefore dominate the meta of that. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. Effectively, we don't want a meta at all. We just kind of want, like, a, you, you kind of get what you get and it's more strategy, but yeah. the, the meta will always, always follow. Like, evidently, in the system, there's going to be a flaw in which one type of unit is always, like, better, but we could always, like, either crank that out, either by having the players develop strategies against it, or, like, get a skill that says, oh, hey, if, for example, high ground is very popular... Actually, no, because that's more of a strategic option, so, like, you yeah. have to counter it yourself for high ground. Yeah. That's a bad example. Um, well, fuck, I lost what I was going to say, actually. Um, yeah, so... Something out of the box, again, we'll all use the heavy arms example, it comes loaded with a bunch of shit. Yeah. If I pick out the Death Scythe, it's not going to be as well equipped. I think there should be, like, you have your armor value, you have your weapons, those are different things that attribute to your point value, but if that's not enough to equal to your other person's point value, I think there should be abilities you should be able to take from a point value system, like um, enhanced targeting, where like it drops your hit dice by one or something like that, maybe to keep up with, but it's going to take a lot of points, because it's something that you have to add onto your mech. Well, it that, also, that you don't have to buy. that So that way somebody can buy it in the box and actually compete with somebody who's maybe a little bit higher. Yeah. Well, it also comes to a point where, like... So you have... Like, the way the game's designed right now, if you come across a five-hit dice guy, chances are you're not going to hit him. Yeah. Um, like, uh, five-armor dice, rather. Unless you're a specific type of unit. And then, like, 
he currently has all the weapons and tools available to hit you the exact same way you can hit him, minus maybe like a melee option or minus a, a good like specific weapon. But he can roll the exact like I don't know. There should be there should be that's more that's more strategy though. I don't I honestly need more thought to to do this, but yeah. um, I'll work on something. I mean, yeah. You I, seem to have how the mechs are built up kind of down. So if you could, like... My, my quest for you tonight, I guess, <laughs> is, um, like, show me a mech breakdown. Yeah. And how, like, how every... How the points are determined based on your mech. Or Brian's mech, or my mech, or whatever. Well, like, and, okay. My only problem is... And that's what I'm trying to forcefully get out of my goddamn rectum is um let's get a toothbrush let's get a toothbrush some mechs are inherently like very very valuable anyway like for example if you just so happen to get a mech that the wiki says has tier 5 armor and also has the same movement speed as a normal base unit that's inherently a lot more powerful yeah and then like without the point by system like even without the point by system the relative power of that mech is way 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 too high yeah. But at the same time, that's what it's there for. It's there for it to be sitting there. But then, it also now, like, chances are it'll become equipped with uh, a fucking huge cannon that may have one hit dice. Well, one hit dice isn't actually that bad, because, like, I don't know. I, it's just balancing. It's just balancing issue in my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. And that, can you really say that a dude that rolls five dice that pass half the time on armor can two two level characters that instead roll two hit die like two defense dice that only pass on a four or like not four or higher five or higher can they win against that guy like ch- odds are stacked against them but then if you think about the weapons that they use yeah the dudes might have armor piercing weapons to like cancel out some of that but the other guy can like hit just as hard as the other, like as as the Zaku, yeah. or like as the uh, as the two hundred like the, the the fucking second tier armor guys. So like, if you buy out of the kit a five armor guy, which if the system goes through and it gets like popular, like evidently people will go do that because it's inherently a stronger kit than everything else. Yeah, uh, that's where I want the like relative power to be in that, like. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I don't. I essentially balancing effectively. You um, want Tyler's rogue to be able to fist fight my paladin. Well, because my paladin has like insane armor value, but at the same time, like he's quick and nimble and fucking. If I hit him once, he's probably fucked. But yeah, if you hit him once, he's fucked. But at the same time, you have to like a risk versus re- well. That's kind of the risk versus reward thing. If he has an armor piercing weapon and he goes up to a five armor guy. Evidently, he has to be prepared for the thing. Like this, this is this is the thing I I kind of need to think about in that there's the game design. This game design in that it's a numbers game, but there's also a all right. What does the individual player? What can they do? Yeah. Uh, either we need to have like, and that's also something with a point by in that if you have two, like if you decide to fight the guy with tier five armor, and you want, for example, two units that are uh, two tier armor dudes that are uh, that have a point system equivalent of that guy you need to decide all right so what do i need to get rid of in my arsenal to get armor piercing weapons because that guy is like that guy is powerful 
So we now need to both get armor-piercing weapons, which are good against the high-tier armors. Yeah. So sweet. Now you've countered the high-tier armor system. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm essentially just working out problems in my head in that a lot of this will have to be decided by, like, what players decide to do and, like, what options are there in order to kind of balance it. Like, for example, if you see, if you see a team and it's a team-based thing or, like, a, a 1v1 you would evidently buy whatever the opposite the, the opponent has, but yeah. in that system, as well, the big guy only has what he has and then has the team value so that he has the equipment advantage over him. But at the same time, now that guy is stuck with all of his equipment, so can he then sell his equipment that he comes with and then like lower his team value uh, in agreement with the other guy, or does he sell so that he can get armor like weapons that will benefit him or, like, buy a shield that will benefit him to keep his, like, uh, damage done. Like, there's, there's, there's all these questions that I'm, I'm currently asking myself about what I would do in that system. And I think that's kind of how we want to see it. In that if it's a 1v1 or a team versus team, they could both look at what they have as base, plan out what they want, and lower the, and higher their, their value then. Like, if you want a totally not, totally not recommended, because evidently range is a thing, yeah. if you want a armor 5 dude to have nothing so that you can get from point A to point B as soon as possible so that you can fist fight the dudes with armor piercing weapons go for it that'll lower your team value so that the guys have less armor piercing weapons like maybe for example the tier 400 only has 400 points because he comes with a bazooka or some shit so he sells his bazooka and says ah well now you don't have enough points to buy those armor piercing weapons so now I, I like I'm at a slight advantage over you because you only have like one unit with armor piercing weapons that I need to get either my teammate or me to kill that guy but that's more of a tactics thing that makes a more that's, interesting yeah, situation more yeah. of a tactics thing at that point yeah now I think the point by system will work then no I do like the point by system it's the best way to keep everybody statted the same in a PvP situation without going overboard I guess my main problem with like I was trying to figure out how to avoid more point by but at the same time I think buying equipment, absolutely fine for PvP. Like, yeah, I the, think that's the best case yeah. scenario. Really. Like, I don't think you should buy be able to buy abilities. I think, a, like, equipment. And there needs to be a well, diverse equipment in order to counter some certain strategies. That's, that's where I'm having the issue of... I have a gun, a sword, and a shield. Yep. What if I need a different thing of equipment, and I don't have it because I just bought this today, and I have it now, and I just put it together? Like, I don't have other equipment, and that's where I think the ability modification comes in with the point-buy system. I think I think inducements. Like, I think you should say, all right, so relative to me, like, for example, if you have a 400 unit, and then the other guy's a 400 unit, but you have less armor than him, and you decide, all right, so I'm Well, if we're both 400, then... I mean, yeah, you could, that's fine. you could fight. But what if, say... Like, if it was a situation in which you knew, like, two people were fighting... Uh, you, wouldn't you say, like, if, if it was agreed upon, wouldn't you say, like, okay, so in this situation... Right, set, set the points and set, set, set the scenario. Let's go. Alright, so for example, I have a 400 unit that's more of a tank. Like, he sits yeah. there, he takes damage, he shoots people with, like, a fucking standard issue rifle. Yeah. And then you come in, and we agree to fight, and you have either your Astray, which has, like, theoretically a 400 points, I guess. So, are we on equal we're on We're on equal points. Okay. Uh, would we then say, okay, would you allow, like, what would we then say, all right, so I would like, because your guy is heavily armored, to sell my shield so I can then just purchase a mod for armor-piercing rounds, and then yep. when I say, all right, the counter, 
I'd like to lower my value by like replacing my weapon with this or something. I think would that be more of a numbers game or would that be more of a strategy game at that point? It's partially start. I think like think of a, a ranked game draft. Yeah, you're able to ban certain characters back and forth. Yep. I think you get like you roll to decide. All right. Scan the unit, it's a tank, it has heavy armor, alright, I'm going to drop the shield for armor piercing. They get a chance to respond, you respond, they respond, that's it, no more able to buy stuff yep. to try and counter each other, because then you're going to end up with a different mech entirely if you just keep on going on. Yeah, I suppose. And then, have at it. That way you can tailor your experience based on every type of battle, while still having your mech be your mech without it, like changing your entire complete like yeah. everything at the, at the same time i think like for that system here's here's the issue as well in that there's nothing stopping me from say uh like if we're doing that point by system like i i think we should hmm, i think we should always buy up in that everyone has base like level shit unless specifically said in the manual oh my person has like comes with horns and the horns are apparently armor piercing on in, in the manual or, like, my person comes with a scythe or a lance, and that's armor-piercing yeah. naturally. And, like, sweet, I have the armor-piercing stuff. But, like, there's nothing really stopping me from just purchasing, like, specifically armor-piercing weapons and stuff from the point by. Actually, hold on. As long as it doesn't... Resolution. Okay. Even if you don't have the equipment physically, I feel like you should be able to say, alright, so if I knew you were coming, I'm going to buy an armor-piercing weapon, like a sniper rifle. Like, no mods to existing weapons. You would have to have... It would, it would actually have to be specific weapons in order to buy, which is why I think the equipment point-by system is great. Or, we can say, alright, here's the thing. Your default point value is higher than mine. Um, I'm going to buy equipment up to yours. You're going to buy equipment, whatever equipment you kind of want, and then I'm going to buy up to you, and then match starts. And then if you want a best two out of three type of scenario, you do it the opposite direction. And like, all right, so I know, I know, for example, that my base model with my five armor, without equipment, say is two fifty or three hundred. Yeah. And your little Zaku base, as I've said, is like without weapons. I believe came up to one fifty. First of all, bad time right there. Yeah. But. The Zaku unit now has an opportunity to say, okay, so your armor is way better than my armor. I'm going to buy equipment up to yours because that's how you allow me to induce. Sweet. So I'm going to buy my equipment up to me. Like, I, 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 like now that I see you with your armor-piercing weapon that you're evidently going to buy for, like, a lot of the team value, then I'm going to counter that with a shield, for example. I'm going to shield in order to take some of those bullets. Sweet. Your team value is higher. I'm going to do a third round, and then you fight. And it's strictly equipment. Or unit. Like, for example, I think it's completely completely fair to say, okay, so I see you coming. I'm going to equip myself with a sniper rifle and a teammate that is just base value. And it's like, sweet. So you have effectively... Well, also, okay... It's like you get into like the strategy realm again too. I know. So, effectively, I, I'm just trying to figure out how if, you would counter, like, effectively fight combat that situation. You have your 300. Yeah. You have your 150. Yeah. You buy things that are effective against that 300, up until you match it. Yeah. I, at that point where you're both at 300 or just as close enough, they should still have an even fight. 
Yeah, effectively, it's what I'm thinking as well. So I don't think that 300 should have an opportunity to be like, oh, you bought those things, I'm going to buy this, because then you start getting into this weird war. As long as they're on even terrain, it should be an even fight. I see. So that example before where like you have the heavy tank thing and I'm a, a lighter unit mobile, I should still be able to effectively get into you, like close the distance, and still be able to fight you yep. without having to buy more stuff, and then you buy stuff, and then I buy stuff, and you buy stuff, and then we fight. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that. But at the same time... If you do it with base models like I suggested, then it would have to be, like... Again, I'm just throwing numbers out there that might be completely different, but, like... Effectively, we want the big guy to have equipment, and then you to have equipment and a chance to buy equipment to, like, counter that up to TV. Yeah, up to an equal value. Yeah. Because you're going to be weaker out of the box, so your edge against that thing that you're weaker to is this equipment that is going to be effective against it. Yeah. I don't know. Like again, I, well, I I think we should see how it plays, like how the base game plays, and then how our idea plays, and yeah. then we'll we'll figure it out from there. So yeah, yeah. And then uh, there's also a slight small community about it. Like as much as we've like as much as I've been trying my hardest to like throw, I like I would even say it's more of an idea. It's more like the the sticking point of what I have, or like going over scenarios. I think I think my side of the conversation here was like just throwing out scenarios about a point by system. Yeah. Yeah. I well, like the 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 current Gundam skirmish group is twenty four members on a fucking hidden message board that is like not doing anything at all to kind of further it on. Got him. So, I mean, yeah. For for all we know, it might not actually like catch on. We have interest in Halifax. Like we we've posted it on on the Facebook group for the uh, the Gun Plus stuff, and we have a lot of people that are like, I'm willing to try it. Yeah, I think the thing that's going to keep people away from it is it's. Um, barrier of entry. Oh no! Like if it's anything, we both like immediately agree on. It's generalization of everything that you build. Because like right now, I'm like Thursday. I'm going to order something probably, but I want to use it. So I'm going to either brute strength learn skirmish, be unhappy, or brute strength out a new system entirely and try and like make what skirmish doesn't do right work for everyone. Is it like? The, the main, like, again, the main problem is the character creation. Like, the base game is great. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think the combat aspect of it works fine. Yeah. Looking at it, like, the dice rolling aspect, the missile pause, the volleys, like, all the, the all those in-combat abilities look great. I don't think there's much to modify, and I don't feel bad taking what's been working on and expanding on it, because nobody's playing it. <laughs> so, if we build a better ship... It, it should float better than theirs. Actually, with a point by system as well, like with that, uh, it also encourages more team play because yes. if you're if you're the big mech, like for example, if you're a big mech guy, then you don't want to be alone against the guy who knows you're a big mech guy because now you have armor piercing rounds. So you evidently also want to team up with a guy that complements your ability or another big armor mech guy because one guy would have to be focused and the other guy can do whatever he wants effectively. Yeah. So it really depends on the players to see, like, combat that situation. And then, like, the PvP. Well, P PvE is going to be messy, but PvE is always messy. Yeah, PvE is a little bit more freeform, so you're going to get people who are going to be, like, fucking OP as shit for no reason. Yeah, if we want a war game. Um, then again, alright. Sec like third problem. What if we want a massive war game? Like, what if we want like a consistent like, um, like ten people versus ten people, but not like per match. Like, evidently, Gundam is usually two against two at most, really. Like in, in the animes and stuff, uh, unless you're a space battle, in which it's a fucking free for all. But 
Like, there's not usually, like, it's usually a 1v1 in one situation yeah. and another 1v1 in another situation. Like, a big example of that, or at least from what I've seen, is, like, uh, in Iron-Blooded Orphans, <clears throat> there's a huge, like, fucking mech versus mobile warrior, or, like, mobile worker battle. And it's just, like, the pro-tag mechs are just doing their own thing where uh, the mobile warriors and the um, the actual, like, grunt suits that they're fighting against are only going, like, 1v1 or, like, a, a squad or, like, a kind of a horde mode-based thing. So, like, I feel like for skirmishes, we'd have one huge map and then you have the initial battle of, like, I brought armor-piercing weapons because I knew I was going to fight big guys... But then you go to another match, like, say those guys won. Say those guys played absolutely well, yeah. and, like, that team... Like, the team that was defending with the armor guy that they bought armor-piercing weapons lost. Would you then, based on that big skirmish thing, have to keep your equipment that you bought? I... I don't know. I think in between battles you would have time to rest and kind of figure out a battle plan, right? Yeah, but, like... It also really depends on scouting as well. I don't know. Like, there, there's a lot that a GM would have to... Uh, yeah, if you're going on, like, this huge PvE campaign thing, then I think, like... I think, okay, I think in, like, a story mode type of thing, like, where a big battle's going on and you're fighting towards an objective, you would not have time specifically... No. To, like, you'd have time to re-equip, but you wouldn't have time to specifically swap out weaponry. Like, you would have to say, all right, so we've just completed one square of the battle, we need to go move to the other square immediately. Or yeah. like we like after after each battle is commenced, you'd be like, "All right, sweet, you take your equipment and move up." I could understand having that maybe be later on, yep. where like the main characters have bought this like low orbit satellite that can just drop supply pods. Maybe. Hmm. I think I, I honestly think the uh, point by system, and then like if, for example, the enemy team wants to retreat then all both teams have, have time to re-equip. Like, oh, the enemy team seems to have a lot of heavy mechs and stuff, so I'm going to report that if uh, there's a break period, for example. Yeah. That had to be decided. That That's more of, like, a huge organization thing. We should really just get down to, like, small skirmishes first. Yeah. I think the 1v1, 2v2. Focus on, like, up to 3v3 right now, and then worry about, like, P... I want to do the PvP first, and then work back from there for PvE. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as well, you also have to account for, like, terrain and where, what side's technically more favorite, even though a lot of the things are symmetrical. Like, for example, uh, a faster dude would have... Like, a faster light dude would have more an easy time to, like, get in cover than a big blocky man. Yeah. As well. I don't know. There's there's a lot of factors. So, yeah, that was the fucking Gundam game design bash my head against a wall until something comes through. Discussion. Yeah, no. Like, that was mostly just me, wor again, working out why the point-by system may or may not work. But I, I, love I, I love it. I, I like the idea of that as well. Like, team has team value, you build up to the team value, and then that's it. Yeah. I guess we'll just confer with what Warhammer does. Because it's essentially an entire Warhammer army yeah. in one suit. Yeah, effectively. So, go from there. They're rats, all of them. All of them. 500 rats on one square. We are the rats. We pray at night. We stalk at night. We're the rats. We also all have katanas. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm going to have a rat army, I'm going to equip them with the tiniest, most adorable little butter knives I can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, that's about it for that. Like, at least that discussion. Um, we'll end off, uh, much like how a lot of conversations started. How was your week? I watched all of but one Twilight movie. Only because 
The riff tracks. I have the riff tracks for all of them. Fucking hilarious. I read all the Twilight books. I mean, I did too. I've not watched all the movies. It's the first time I've seen all the movies. But it's not really like watching them. Have you ever seen a Rift Tracks movie? No. Highly, highly recommend. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll play a part of one before you leave. Because, like, imagine three 40 to 60-year-old men who are all professional comedians sitting down, watching the movie multiple times, and then writing jokes to fit in with the movie at certain times. It's genius. Mm. I mean, it's Mystery Science Theater 3000. But the guys who ran it went off into their own stuff. I've I've committed myself to finish an animu, so I'll, I'll probably check that out afterwards. I mean, yeah, no, but it's it's something to consider. The best way to watch like really shitty movies, a la Twilight, is with three old men making fun of it the entire time. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out. I'll see if it's my cup of tea. It's amazing. Yeah, my week. I honestly can't remember. Like I've come in and out of consciousness, and I just don't remember anything about. Yeah, the week. I, that's like the only thing I remember because I'm going to after this podcast is done and you are left. I am going to go start the next and final movie. Neat. I well, I have to go to work first of all. I've been playing Blood Bowl effectively, like Blood Bowl Two. Um, that's essentially my week. That's that's my entire week. Is I played Blood Bowl Two. I went to work and then I I slept and um, yeah, no, that's about it. We haven't gotten the magic. Yeah, went to FNM, made people salty. You got my fatal push. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for uh, fixing the water reserve. Yep. <laughs> it's always fucking team or energy. I've lo- I'm losing against team energy so goddamn much. And that's my good matchup. And I lose to it. And I went against my bad matchups. I don't know. Every fucking time. Cats with dogs. Up is down. <laughs> what even is? <laughs> you should be where I am, maybe. I mean, I... I, pl- I, pl- I am playing combo and I'm winning more. That's weird. Well, creature combo, but still... Yeah. Which is even weirder, kind of. Yeah. 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 I'm playing Infect. There we go. Pretty much. Your standard Infect. So dumb. Um, but yeah, no, like, my... I really have nothing to add. My, my week's been bland. Yeah, same. Mm. It's been great. Made a chili. Chili's good. I signed up for online dating. Oh, shit, yeah, that's right. Um, it's... It's more of a conversation for, like, another cast, but at the same time, my adventures have been pretty shallow. I did, however, find an old friend on there that I was pretty sure, like, she kind of just disappeared. And I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be funny and, like, talk to her. Um, nothing really, honestly, nothing came out of it. My life is not that exciting. No, but, like, no. I'm fairly certain she moved to Shelburne with a, uh, with, with definitely, like, a boyfriend she was talking all about. And I'm just like... Oh, you. You're either doing one of two things. You're being exactly like you and just, like, being being a sneaky bitch or, like, you, you've, you've actually broken up with the, the love of your life that you've bought a house with. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, effectively, effectively, I just said hi, and then either either she she was caught in the act, even though I don't know or, like, I don't really care about her life. Like, she can yeah. just do whatever she wants. And, like, she stopped talking to me. Or, like, something something else happened. I don't know. It's just really weird to find her, like, just looking for people. Especially because she's... She doesn't seem to be that type. Like, she, she's definitely one for attention, which is why she's on there. Because she's, like... She's hot, but at the same time, you wouldn't want to hang out with her for more than a night. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've been very, like very nervous about actually, like, talking to people on there. Because I'm like, I have one picture and it's not flattering at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I think, I think, get your haircut. And we'll take more. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. 
I, I think that's the only thing really stopping me from like, talking to people on there. I might, I might, I might uh, bet on on a few people just based on based on me just trying to talk to people. Honestly, like that's that's their their practice, and I'm sorry for whoever gets there. Okay, this is this is next time on dicks. Yeah, next we're, time we're next gonna... time on dicks preview uh, how online dating has gone. Yeah, yeah. I I. Do something good this week because I want next week's to be fucking great. <laughs> I don't know how much you're going to allow open to this thing, but I, my dream is to just whip out your phone and just read through your entire thing, and go from there. Okay, well, I've read a lot of profiles that are just like, oh, by the way, I will not join a threesome, and also, please stop telling, like, asking for fucking more pictures when I've already posted pictures and you have only one. Or, like, you, oh, like, haven't posted. So, like, evidently, there's either a lot of spam bots out there, yeah. which I've already found, because uh, the dating site that I'm on that's not Tinder has, like, a kind of a swipe right, like, Tinder thing. And I'm like, you know what, for funsies, I'll go through ten of these. Um, and, like, bots fucking everywhere, because it also shows who, like, matched with you. Like, that you, that you, if you, if you have not gone through it, they will say, like, oh, someone swiped right on you, tee-hee-hee-hee, and then that's a premium thing to go see them, but I'm not paying for that, so fuck that. <laughs> um, but, like, it's always it's always the bot accounts, like the, oh, here's the model-level people that are not going to be interested in me, just, like, swiping right, and it's just like, you know what, for funsies, because I know you're a bot, I'll swipe. And then, like, no conversation starts, because I think you have to initiate it, but, like, like, it's, it's like... Oh, here's a un, like unbelievably like attractive person to be on here that already has a boyfriend in the picture. Let's swipe right to that. Oh, you just so happened to match. Sweet, that was instantaneous <laughs> at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 really <laughs> funny to see those. And like a lot of the bot accounts just have like a description, or like the catfishing accounts just have like. Yeah, we should we should shut this down. We no, should no, shut no, this down. No. Let's let's keep this for the next podcast. All right, all right. I'll I'll go on an adventure effectively. All right, cool. This. I'm I'm intrigued now. I'm excited. I've like I've not even looked at a dating app, um, like even over the, like the shoulder of somebody else. Don't don't give me anything. Don't give me anything. I, I, I want to go into a completely blind. I'll give you I'll give you one thing. Just from my didn't test. I just, didn't I just fucking say I don't want to. No, no, one thing. Fine, give, well, give me that. Give me that. No. Give me that. No. Give me that. No. Give me that. Fine. And then, and then the podcast. <laughs>